BG Mania, a video game music podcast for July 3rd, 2019, is brought to you by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday, and Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday. Welcome to BG Mania, a weekly video game music podcast brought to you by Level Down Games, where we explore some excellent music and talk about our experience with each game. I'm Brian, joined as always by the space oddity himself. It's Frank. Hey, guys. <laughs> For those just joining us, what we like to do here at BG Mania is challenge ourselves to never play the same track more than once, except for special occasion episodes like our anniversaries, which we do have coming up here on July 12th, our two-year anniversary. If you want to submit tracks for that, make sure you do so, bgmania at leveldowngames.com. Frank and I will be recording that episode probably sometime in the next week or week and a half, so get your submissions in soon if you want to uh, have things on that episode. But on a normal week, you're always guaranteed to hear something new, something fresh, and something exciting each and every week. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us and leave that five-star rating and a review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. Uh, last week, I said we had some big things coming. Unfortunately, the the one thing we were working on kind of fell through. We, for I mean, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it. We were actually approached by Dash Radio to put our shows on their platform, but we couldn't come to an agreement. They would have had to we would have had to make too many changes to not only BG Mania, but to max level in order to fit their broadcasting mold. And that's I mean, that's fine, but we just 
we, we wanted to keep our shows intact and we didn't want to make too many creative changes. So maybe down the road. Yeah, maybe down the road. The, obviously, the option is still open. We, we we ended on good terms. I mean, we never actually signed anything, but uh, I, I will I will give them a quick shout out and a quick plug. Dash Radio is awesome. It's like a free Sirius XM. I've been listening to it nonstop since finding out about it. And it was super cool that they invited us to to be on their platform. Like they actually reached out to us because they listened to not only BG Mania, but also Max Level. And we're like, man, we really like your guys' content. We want you to be on our gaming platform. So it's again, it's or, or gaming station. Sorry, but. Check it out, dashradio.com. There's app on your phone. There's apps everywhere. They're going to be built into 2018, 2019, and 2020. Uh, 2020, I guess we should say, models of, of new cars now. Like, they're actually building into the Dash, which is kind of cool. So uh, if you want a free alternative to SiriusXM, check them out. Uh, I listen to their gaming station a little bit. They Not only do they have other talk shows on there, we're not going to be on there like we were going to be, but they play video game music on there as well. It's kind of like a VGM podcast, just without talking. And uh, been listening to a lot of their hair metal station, The Strip. So it's pretty freaking cool. I like it a lot. But yeah, kind of fell through. We are working on a couple other things throughout the year. So we, we will still have more things to announce later. We are working on some big things. Big things are happening not only not only for BG Mania, but also Level Down Games as a whole. So uh, stay tuned. We'll have more to announce in the future. But one of the big things we was excited for, just it, it kind of fell through. That's unfortunate. We're going to have an exciting episode this week, though. Uh, we are finally exploring the music of the original Mass Effect trilogy. We've only played three tracks total from uh, from Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. We've played two tracks from Mass Effect 3 and one track from Mass Effect 1. We've played nothing from Mass Effect 2. And it's a freaking tragedy because Mass Effect 2 is definitely the best of the entire original trilogy, at least from my experience and what I enjoyed most. Uh, Mass Effect 2 had the strongest gameplay and the strongest story and the strongest characters. But the music has always been top notch. Uh, we're, we're not focusing on Andromeda. Andromeda we're leaving out. Andromeda was kind of like the redheaded stepchild here for the the Mass Effect series. We're not focusing on too much on the music, even though the music is still good. We just I, and the game still leaves a sour taste in my mouth. I want to just focus on the first three games in Mass Effect. I guess the Mass Effect universe. So we're talking one, two, and three today. We we definitely are going to have a fun episode, though. It's going to be a a man like I said, like an epic space odyssey i guess trip through all this music uh mass effect music has always been very grandiose and very celestial and and i'm excited to listen to some of these tracks today we opened up with my first pick and we are grouping these by game so we're starting with music from mass effect one and uh my my first pick actually opened the show that was the mass effect theme from mass effect one composed by both Jack Wall and Sam Hewlett, as most of the tracks today will be. Uh, Mass Effect 1 originally released on November 20th, 2007, back on the Xbox 360, would remain exclusive to the 360 for about eight months, and then it would hit PC in May of 2008, and PS3 would finally get this game in December of 2012, so it was exclusive to Microsoft for five years, and I remember when they signed this contract, they, they did that, because they published it at first. Like by, uh, Mass Effect was an actual published by Microsoft game before Bioware was scooped up by EA. And that's crazy to think about. That's the reason why. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's the reason why Mass Effect 1 and 2 are so much better than the rest of the series. <laughs> yep. Yeah. EA, EA did publish Mass Effect 2, but they started on Mass Effect 2 when they were still kind of like working with Microsoft to make this a, an Xbox exclusive. But uh, that, that's why those two games really do stick out more to fans of Mass Effect than anything else, because this was before EA got their hands on them and then changed so many things that we loved about the series. The Mass Effect theme 
it's really what I want in a in a space odyssey type of a, a setting, whether that's a video game or a movie. It's 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 moving, but I could really hear this like as a celestial piece of music, and that's exciting. And you mentioned is, is Mass Effect getting a movie made about it? I don't know if it is or not. I I I would it would fit like I could see it happening, but I don't know if it's actually ever been signed on for or not. Because I will totally play Commander Shepard. Well, Commander Shepard's story is done. Shepard's story is done, dude. You're not Shepard. I'm Shepard. We're all Shepard. Did you know that uh, Mass Effect was actually banned in Singapore? I did not know that. Uh, because there was a scene where a uh, female Shepard could uh, make sweet, sweet love to uh, one of the female Asari, uh, Shiara. Okay. <laughs> because, because, uh, because of that, it was banned for a while. They later lifted the ban and they rebranded the game with uh, M18. Oh. Making it the first video, the first video game in uh, Singapore to receive that kind of rating. I did not know that. That is interesting. I, 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 always, I always love these banning stories of, you know, like the games, you know, controversial games. Well, they're not so. actually, yeah. We, and, and hey, if you like controversial stuff, we did a whole episode on controversial music uh, last well, earlier this year, actually, it was in February. We did. Yeah. So uh, go check that episode out. It was a lot of fun to do that. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll kick to one of my picks here. Uh, also from Mass Effect 1. This is Spectre Induction. And that again was Spectre Induction. Such a great track. Yeah. I I don't know about you, man. You said two is your favorite. I think one might be my favorite. One had more like cover based gameplay than I enjoyed. Uh, I, I liked more of the RPG elements that two introduced. So one was definitely a good like learning experience for the team and, and really figuring out what they wanted to do. But I feel like they just capitalized on what made one good with Mass Effect 2 and made it even better. I like that you picked this track, though, because this is actually one of only a handful of tracks that Richard Jacques also composed for the soundtrack. So this particular track was done by Richard Jacques, Jack Wall, and Sam Hillock. 
His name is Dick Jock. That's pretty cool. Well, he's French. Jacques, J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. Oh, Jacques. Yeah. Like Jacques Richard, okay. Richard Jacques. <laughs> not, not Dick Jock. <laughs> uh, big shout out to our French audience. Bon qui qui. Je m'appelle Frank. Freaking fantastic piece of music, though. I got a little liner note for uh, some, some Mass Effect. I got lots of fun facts. Yeah, yeah, you, you came prepared today. Every once in a while. So uh, there's a planet, uh, Amaranthine. It's found in the Fortuna system of the Horsehead Nebula. Okay. Uh, Amaranthine's also the name of a city in Dragon Age Origins Awakening, which both games, of course, made by Bioware. Yeah. So it's, it's a nice little Easter egg to kind of tie those bad boys together. And I actually, I actually remember that city in Dragon Age, so yeah. Yeah, that that, uh, but I never, I never put the two and two together until I just heard that. So, <laughs> and I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give you another little liner note, another little extra sting here. This one really won't resonate with Brian because it has to do with a book. Oh man, what the hell are those things? Uh, it's when you take a talkie picture and you uh, <laughs> put it into words. <laughs> so uh, when you're on the planet of Area, uh, Captain Andralis says uh, his rule is two legs good, four legs bad. That's a corruption of the phrase four legs good two legs bad that was stated by the sheeps in uh, George Orwell's Animal Farm oh I've read Animal Farm though we read that in high school oh okay that's right it is required reading sometimes yeah so. uh, but but I'm more familiar with one fish two fish red fish blue fish oh Brian <laughs> that's back that's back when Brian was reading a, a book a day to try to get those points in one of free pizza hell pizza. yeah man do you remember that when you asked to like the book competitions hell yeah of course of course we used to do that crap all the time in school now, now, uh, little aside there, my family owned a pizza place for the longest time growing up. So I would win all these free Pizza Hut pizzas, and my parents would never let me redeem them. So I'd have to like give them the friends, like the coupons. <laughs> That's funny. That's really, really funny. That track, Spectre Induction, man, it's kind of like it has a little bit of a spooky feel to it at first. I mean, it, and Spectre being in the name of the track, so. Yeah, um, that's probably what kind of made me gravitate towards it. You know, I mean, I kind of go more towards the uh, the dark. Yeah, it's a, it's a very paranormal esque piece of music, and I and I really do enjoy that a lot. I want to move on to my next pick, which is probably one of the bigger pieces of music that exists within the original trilogy of Mass Effect. We're talking one, two, and three, but it's a piece of music that existed for all three games, and I'm glad it carried over. We're talking the like the map music when you're actually picking where you want to go. Okay. So from Mass Effect, this is Uncharted Worlds. Uncharted Worlds from Mass Effect, which this track was composed strictly by Sam Hewlett. 
I, let me just say, I love this track. It's so, it, it immediately starts out very 80s, very synth wave. You can hear the yes. synth right away. And this track, dude, is just so good. I can listen to the extended version of this on YouTube, which is like an hour long, and not get bored. Like, I love this piece of music. It's so good. And it's, it's iconic. Too. It, it really is. And like I said, it existed across all three games, and I'm glad it did because it wouldn't have felt the same going up to your star map and selecting a place without hearing this music. Like it became this actually, actually this music is Mass Effect. This track is just Mass Effect to its very core. And it, it just, I can't say enough good things about it, man. It's really, really, really good. Uh, exactly, man. Like just hearing, like, this is one of those songs, like if you just play it, like you, everyone knows Mass Effect. And that's, that's, why, that's what I love. Like it's like, it's like playing the Super Mario Brothers theme. I feel this is this is like the one because who's not opening up the damn map? Yeah, I guess this could technically be like your your world one dash one music for super for Mar- Mass Effect and it relates to Super Mario Brothers because you're right. You really are having to constantly open the map and you probably will hear this track more than anything else in the game, which is probably why so many people gravitate toward it. You're right. Uh, up next is my last pick from uh, Mass Effect one. And this is the breeding ground. And that amazing track you just heard was the breeding ground. 
And that was composed by Jack Wall and Sam Hulick together. Totally my freaking kind of music Oh, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a Frank pick through and through if we ever heard one on today's episode, so. That it, it hit all the beats for me, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> yeah, very dark, very spooky uh, chanting. Oh, are we, are we going Aikumi Nakamura? Spooky. I love her. <laughs> Shout out to her. Obviously, if you have no idea what we're talking about, uh, she was the cute little Japanese girl that introed Ghostwire Tokyo at uh, Bethesda's E3 conference from a couple weeks ago. It's going to be the best game ever. Thank you, Bethesda. It's going to be a great game, I'm sure. But I mean, not Bethesda's doing. It's freaking Shinji Mikami's see, doing. See, 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 I, I try I try to get something nice about Bethesda out there and you just shut it down. <laughs> No, I mean, the only thing this song was missing in my, my mind was the word Sephiroth. I mean, it just... There is some good chanting going on, Ben, in the background. It's a very epic piece of music. It's very moving, man. This... And it takes... I, I, awesome, I had to... Awesome part of the, very awesome part of the game. Yeah, sure. as you're leading up to, like, one of the final... Not the final battle, but, like, one of the final boss battles you're going to do. And it, it's a great series of events that are taking place. It's fun. I mean, this is a fun area. And this is a fun track. So I really like this a lot. We have one more piece of music to listen to from the original Mass Effect before we move on to Mass Effect 2. So our closing track for Mass Effect 1. Did you have any more uh, liner notes before we get to that? Um, anything delicious for us here? Nothing really too important. But what, what the hell? What the hell? Uh, there's a shifty looking cow, as he's called. He's a space cow found on the planet Unterom uh, in the Newton system of the Kepler Verge. Uh, he's an otherwise normal-looking cow, but the shifty cow uh, has a dialogue option that does nothing. But when Shep turns around, the cow starts stealing his credits very slowly. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's awesome. He'll even follow you around and like, keep draining those credits from you. I freaking love that. If, if you want to go back and check it out, uh, he's in the southwest corner of the map near a big deposit of gold, which makes sense because he's, you know, he's stealing money, he's stealing gold. Man, I might go back and check out. I haven't played the original Mass Effect in so long. I, I kind of... It's been a minute or two. I, I kind of wish they would just remaster the trilogy, you know what I mean? Like, put it out on modern platforms, uh, maybe up the graphics or textures a little bit. I'd play through them again. I'd play through 1, 2, and 3 in a heartbeat again. Like, that would be so much fun. I can't believe they haven't done that yet. Uh, Maybe they will. Let's get that on PS5. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be fine with me. So I would definitely play that again. Uh, Okay, our last track from Mass Effect 1 before I move on to Mass Effect 2. This is Final Assault.
And that was Final Assault from Mass Effect. This particular track was composed. I'm glad we did this one as well because we got the fourth composer in with this there one. So we, we got all four from Mass Effect 1. This was done by Jack Wall, Sam Hulick, and David Cates. David Cates only on two tracks that I'm seeing from this particular soundtrack. The Final uh, Assault. David, and, step, step your game up, David. Final Assault and Infusion were his two. So he, he did more. It even says here that he did uh, just two of the cinematic pieces for um, like cutscenes. So this wasn't even part of an actual like gameplay series. And I do remember that because this particular section of the game, obviously, you can tell by it's called Final Assault. You're near the end of the game. It was a great section. But that music, man, that is just epic. That is theatrical, man. That, there's a lot going on there. And I really, really, really like that a lot. This is, this is an amazing piece. Like, this is... It, it was a great battle, too. Yeah, and, and I mean, it just... It left us... the and Not only the music leaving us wanting more, but the game left us wanting more because we knew going into Mass Effect that it was going to be this epic series of games where our choices mattered, at least we thought, until we got to Mass Effect 3, and we'll get to that in a little while. But, you know, we, we thought all of these things were going to matter and all these things were going to just play into, like, our story, like, our version of Commander Shepard, and it really was driven by this excellent soundtrack by these four amazing guys. I really enjoyed it, and like I said, man, we I my introduction to Mass Effect was in my friend's house in his basement, like, while some of us were back in the corner playing Guitar Hero and freaking Halo 3 still, or Halo 2, whatever we were playing at the time, there were some of us there are a couple of us that were sitting on the couch just enjoying watching one person play the original Mass Effect, and that's what got me hooked. I went out and bought it myself and just instantly fell in love. Uh, I played Mass Effect 1 on the 360, and I, I never played it on the PS3 because I never needed to. I own the original trilogy all on the 360, actually. So, um, But we're going to move on now to Mass Effect 2. And before we get into any details on the game, let's listen to the first piece of music. And it's another one of my picks. This one right here is the elusive man.
And that was the elusive man from Mass Effect 2. Mass Effect 2 came out here in North America on the Xbox 360 and the PC same day, January 26, 2010. It would hit PS3 the next year, January 18th, 2011. If you remember when it Mass Effect 1 released on PS3, yes, that's right. Mass Effect 2 came out on the PS3 before Mass Effect 1, an entire year before Mass Effect 1 hit the PS3 because of that exclusive deal that they signed with uh, with Microsoft, and that's pretty crazy. Mass Effect 2 had several composers, five to be exact, Jack Wall, Sam Hewlett, David Cates from the first three, and now we're introducing Jimmy Hinson and Brian D. DeMonico, so maybe we'll see if we get all five of those in there. The Elusive Man was composed just by Jack Wall. The Elusive Jack Wall. The Elusive Jack Wall. Do you remember the actor that played the Elusive Man? No. Martin Sheen. Okay. Yeah, Martin Sheen was the actual model behind the Elusive Man and the voice actor behind the Elusive Man. So the, his son is one of my favorite actors. Charlie Sheen, Emilio Estevez. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, thought maybe you meant Charlie Sheen because Charlie Sheen's freaking fantastic as well. But that was one thing that always impressed me about Mass Effect. Not only just the second game, but the entire trilogy. They they had a very star-studded cast. They always did, and it was really cool. Yeah, it's. Mass Effect really, really needs a real resurgence. I I agree, and I and I and I do think that we're going to be having to wait for a while just because of how bad yeah, Andromeda true. was, and with Bioware kind of being in flux right now with the failed attempts of Anthem. I mean, we know they're working on Dragon Age Four or whatever they end up calling that. With we we saw the teaser trailer. I mean, we know that's their next game, so. Mass Effect definitely is on the back burner right now, as it should be, because they need to give time between Andromeda and whatever they do next in this IP or this franchise to to let that sour taste get out of our mouths, because Andromeda just was a mess, man. It really, really was. Um, This is another track, though, that's very strong and very 80s heavy, but I really enjoy it, man. This is a great piece of music. I was just thinking, yeah, very 80s forward on this one. Yeah, um, it's a great piece of music. Which which, which is why we love the sound, these soundtracks so much in general. Yeah, like I said, it's a, it's like 80s meets, a like I said, a space odyssey. Yeah. And it, it's a great combination. It's a great way of they, they use these instruments. It's fun to listen to. I, I can sit back and just enjoy the music, and that's what I really like. So I got a, a little uh, liner note. Okay, little, great. Little, little. So uh, when you're in the solar system, which is our system. Yes, this the solar system of, of us, whatever we call it. The Or the, or the, or the Earth's solar system. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so the player can launch probes at uh, Uranus. And uh, doing so will elicit one of two responses, from, uh, sarcastic responses, uh, from Edie, who's your uh, it's electronic something something. Yeah. The AI on the AI, the AI on board the Normandy. One is one is probing Uranus, and the other one is really commander. <laughs> I'm sure you probed Uranus all the time. <laughs> it's a real attack. No, uh, so the, the, my next track coming up is actually called the attack.
that was the attack uh, from this is two. Yeah, this is Ma- two. this Mass is Effect Mass Effect two. two, and the attack. I'm actually trying to. Where is it at? I was looking at Mass Effect three. My my apologies. The attack is composed by Jack Wall. Just Jack Wall. Just Jack Wall. Yeah, that's his name. Just man. Jack Wall. JJW. <laughs> this is a really cool part of, um, where you're actually looking for the Geth and uh, you realize that it's not the Geth and you have a nice little battle that ensues here. Mass Effect 2 had a great story, man. It like it definitely is the strongest story of the three trilogy games. I just remember when this song kicked in, like when like when you find out like what's going on, this is when this shit hit the fan. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I mean, you had so much going on there with the with the Quarians and the Geth and all these things like the Krogan. Like there's so much going on in Mass Effect 2 and it's coupled with the best lineup of characters that you could put in your party. Like Mass Effect 2 has the strongest characters that you can pick from. Better than one, way better than three. Mass Effect 2 is phenomenal. And I just, dude, it's so good. Like, Mass Effect 2 really, in my opinion, is the cream of the crop, the top of the top when it comes to Mass Effect games. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Round and round. I don't have any little coffee creamers to pull out of my pocket, but... Oh, man, dude. Uh, th- 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 this is an audio podcast, so we were just like a crazy man. I know, but still, it would be funny to do that. But yeah, man, what a great piece of music. Definitely, uh, you even mentioned this when we were listening to it. Very Doctor Who. Like, you can totally very, very hear that. <laughs> and uh, just to mention uh, that in general, um, there's a point in the game where the Shadow Broker, he'll say to you, you travel with fascinating companions, Doctor. Uh, that's definitely a reference to Doctor oh, Who. One thousand percent. Who is known as the Doctor? Uh, he often travels with many companions through time and space. Yeah, so. the Shadow Broker. That was a fun DLC pack as well, dude. Like the the story elements that they added for that. That was one thing that I loved about Mass Effect Two is that its DLC was great and made sense, and it wasn't just like cash grabs like it started being with Mass Effect Three. So, I mean, it is what it is. But, but you know, I have another little little fun fact, little line I want to throw out there because it's something that was pretty cool that I noticed when I played this game. Okay. Um, so there's a character in the game called Thane. And if you speak to Thane frequently, he'll reveal to you that uh, him and his son have a bad relationship. Yeah, he's one of your party members. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and after you do his loyalty mission, uh, he reconciles with his son. After you finish the mission, the achievement was called Cats in the Cradle. And that's a reference to the song Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. And the silver spoon, little boy blue in the... I don't know exactly how that goes. Man on the moon. <laughs> I do like the Ugly Kid Joe version of that song. When you're coming home, son, I don't know when we'll be together then. Yeah, I think the only... The version, yeah. I, the other, the version I know is Ugly Kid Joe. I mean, that is the version yeah. I know. So uh, def- definitely from our time period of music that we like, like you know, 80s, early 90s type stuff, but... Uh, it is a good piece. It is a good track as well. <laughs> All right, man. I'm next. Uh, let's take a listen again. We're sticking Mass Effect 2. We have three pieces of music left for Mass Effect 2. I have two pieces and you have one. So let's take a listen to Crash Landing.
And that was Crash Landing from Mass Effect 2. Crash Landing, I have to find it here on the list. That was composed by Jack Wall. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin. Nope, Jack Wall. We are not really hearing anything from Sam Hulick, David Cates. Uh, we, we definitely didn't pick anything from Jimmy Henson because we already passed over all his stuff. He had a couple tracks on track you're one. Suck, Jimmy and then okay, okay. Brian DeMonico, I don't think we have him either. So, yeah, we're really just kind of sticking Jack Wall for Mass Effect 2. But that's fine because holy crap, was that awesome. And I even said to you, Frank, I'm surprised you didn't pick this because that is a total Frank piece of music right there. I got to save some, ma- some magic for you, Brian, you know? Dude, I freaking love this. It's very epic. And yeah, the chanting isn't much, but it's just it's there. And what is there is really, really, really cool. I like this a lot. It's a great piece of music. Yeah, man. Uh, this was on my short list of ones I should have picked. So uh, I'm surprised you only picked two pieces of music from Mass Effect 2. It actually surprised me a little bit when you submitted your list. I, I didn't realize that we haven't picked much from 2 because I would have totally done all that. until today. <laughs> I, I, I would have stacked it more. You know, cause I, I have uh, most of my tracks being in Mass Effect 3. Yeah, I, I would. I would have definitely changed things around. Now, what I do find interesting about Jack Wall, first of all, he's a very intimidating looking man. I don't know if you are familiar with what he looks like, but he's he's actually really cool looking. But he wanted to aim. You might hear a couple clicks right here because Frankie's pulling. Yeah, up that's fine. Side. He wanted to aim for a like a more darker and more mature sound to match the mood of the game, which was in itself meant to be darker and more moodier. And I think he actually just nailed it look at the i'm actually looking at the uh, picture on the wikipedia like just under under his name because he, he's very like he, he's got that strong characteristic look to him a little bit uh just very some sort of like I said some somewhat intimidating but man he just nailed what he went out there to do with with the soundtrack to mass effect 2 very as he said darker more moodier and he composed three hours worth of music for mass effect 2 I mean, but we know him from being the uh, the co-founder of uh, Video Game Live's concert sets. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did that. I mean, he's the main composer behind Jade Empire. Like Jack Wall's awesome, dude. He's a great composer. And what he was able to do with Mass Effect and just turn this into a phenomenon when it comes to the music. It's it's awesome. It's really freaking cool. But I have a hopefully get something new from him. Uh, last time he did anything was uh, Black Ops Four. Yeah, it's 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 been well again, and that was only last year. And then he worked on Lawbreakers from 2017, and he did some stuff for Dota Two in 2017. But uh, maybe, maybe the new Mist. Yeah, I don't know. He has, he's got nothing that's currently in the works right now that I know of. So I, I would definitely be excited to see who else hires him. Like that'd be awesome because he's a great composer. It'd be really really cool. Uh, I have one more pick, though, for Mass Effect 2 before we get to your final pick for Mass Effect 2. So let's go ahead and take a listen to the end run.
And that was the end run from Mass Effect 2. This particular track was composed by, you guessed it, Jack Wall. Jackie! <laughs> Actually, all of our tracks, everything we picked from Mass Effect 2, strictly composed by Jack Wall. Even what you have coming up next. But how great is that track, dude? How freaking awesome is that? No, it's, it's, it's amazing. I, I even like audibly said out loud, like, this is a freaking amazing yeah, track, too. That is so good. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> wow. Like, and I knew, like, I, I picked it. I listened to it before, but just hearing it again. Oh my God. It's so good. It is so good. I, I couldn't even add to that, man. I, I, I'm just I'm blown away by how amazing that is. So instead, I'm going to hit you with a really awesome liner note. Okay, ready? So on the Citadel, uh, the player can interact with a vending machine that dispenses a popular drink that's called Tapari. Okay. You, you remember that? Yeah, right? I do. So, so when you interact with it, the machine plays different uh, slogans for Tapari. One of them was, Tapari brings your ancestors back from the grave. Now, this is a reference. It has to be. Uh, reference to the uh, the Pepsi, the old Pepsi ad uh, for Pepsi Generation. It says, come alive. You're in the Pepsi Generation, which was misinterpreted in Chinese and other Asian languages to Pepsi brings your ancestors back from the grave. <laughs> <laughs> so pe- people going out to cemeteries, pouring Pepsi out on <laughs> gravestones. Come back to life, please. <laughs> Come back to me. Oh, man, it's a sad thing to think about. Like, obviously, mistranslations leading to heartbreak like that when it didn't work. But, man, can you imagine if Pepsi brought people back to life? First of all, I'd never die because I drink so much Pepsi in a given day. But, oh, I Well, I don't drink Pepsi because my body is a temple and I like to keep it that way. <laughs> you screwed that up a long time ago, Frank. <laughs> My bodily is totally a temple. It's out of shape in ruins and filled with rats. Yeah, there uh, you go. <laughs> you mentioned this to me while we were listening to that, man. Mass Effect 2 score was nominated for Best Original Music at the 2011 British Academy of Film and Television Arts Awards show and the Best Soundtrack Album at the 9th Annual Game Audio Network Guild Awards. Didn't win either one of those two. It should have won. Like, it should have won at least one of those two because this soundtrack, Mass Effect 1 soundtrack did win an award. This one did not, and I think that's a tragedy. Yes. In fact, everyone who voted against it should go on a suicide mission. Eh, I think that's. I did it. I, I did it, Brian. I I, shoe, I shoehorned my transition. I think in. that's a bad. That's a bad transition, but you did get it in there. And getting it in there is half the battle. I want. I to give you one last liner up before we talk about our, our, our great, track. great, 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 great. And, and this is about Christina Norman. Uh, she was one of the designers of Mass Effect Two. She's a cheeky little. Uh, Manx, if you will. Uh, what she did was she increased the enemy health and damage by 20% overall the day before the game was finalized without telling anybody. Good for her. Make the game harder. Make the game more difficult, more challenging. Good for her. Yeah, but uh, can you imagine just doing that? Like, if I were to, like, just pop in and just change this podcast without Brian even knowing it? And just, <laughs> you know, if you had the capability, you could do that. You just, unfortunately, do not have the capability. Brian, do not presume what I can and cannot do. Oh, I know exactly what you can and cannot do. And that's like run the mile in a decent time. <laughs> Anything physical and exactly. No, I get to make those jokes, okay? You get to make those jokes. It's my words. Come on, fatty. What's your last track? Okay, well, now I want to go on one of these. <laughs> this is the suicide mission. <laughs>
And that was the suicide mission. Uh, that's how we're closing out our Mass Effect 2. That was composed by Jack Wall. It was. Absolutely. Such an epic song. Just an epic track. Just, again, it's it's a total me pick with your chanting at the end and the, the, the whole theatrical build that was built into this one here. You know, so cut my wrists and black my eyes. What an, my heart I was going to say, what an emotional time in the game, too. Like it is. You don't know what's going to happen. And and spoiler alert for those, but it, the name of the track is Suicide Mission. Come on. But you're at a point in the game. It's the end. And all of the decisions you've made, not only in Mass Effect 1, but Mass Effect 2 up to this point, are going to come into play to determine the fate of your entire party. Some characters may survive. Some characters may not. If the characters made it up to this point, it was interesting to see which characters lived and which characters died. And again, it was all based on your own choices. So most people's games are different. Now, there are those people out there that are very meticulous, like myself, like Frank, who probably had everybody survive. Uh, I know I did. But, but I did everything that I possibly could. I made sure I did all the loyalty missions. I made sure I did every single freaking side quest, the thing that I possibly could to make sure that these people would live throughout the suicide mission. I don't think anybody died when I played. Yeah, that's why I'm like, you're meticulous enough like I am to where I know you probably did. That's my problem. Is I, I take my time on everything I play. Yeah, I don't necessarily take my time, but I do like to do all the side quests. I rush things, but I like to do the side quests. I like to do everything that I know I can do, the legacy missions. And because of that, all my characters did survive. But holy crap, that music, man, When especially when it hit in the game and like what was going on, it was a very, very, very emotional moment. And I, I there was a time I was like, man, you know, sitting there thinking, well, listen to this track and watch watching the cutscenes play and doing the missions, like, did I really do everything I needed to do to make sure my characters are going to live? Like, I had questioning myself, even. Have you have you had every person survive through? No. No? No. I know Ashley's usually one of the harder ones to keep, to keep alive, but... Uh. I think I actually had her survive, but the one that I think you can't have survive, and that's unfortunate, uh, Miranda. I, I, don't, I don't know of any other single way. I don't way. think you can either. Yeah, yeah, any single way to keep her alive. I've read, you know, the elementary school playground stories where there are rumors out there that you can do certain things to keep her alive. Never seen it happen, though. My, my, my uncle who works at Bioware told me this is what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. Man, Commander Shepard, that was my love interest, though, for uh, Mass Effect 2 was Miranda. Uh, she just, I, I thought her and Shepard did so well together. Like just they, the way they played off each other, their personalities really. I would have, I would have assumed your love interest would be Joker. Eh, I mean, you know, Seth Green. You really can't go wrong with Seth Green. <laughs> All right, man. Let's move on to Mass Effect Three. You actually have the first pick here. Yeah. So to kick off Mass Effect Three, let's take you to the red planet itself. This is Mars.
And that was Mars, uh, composed by Sam Hulick. Yeah. Mass Effect 3, man, this came out uh, March 6, 2012. So right around the same time that Mass Effect 1 was hitting the PS3. And I think that's kind of (laughs) crazy. The only Mass Effect game to release on the Wii U as well. Where it belongs. No, No, man, it didn't do well on the Wii U at all. And we knew it wouldn't. We knew it wouldn't do well on the Wii U. It's one of the booty, wasn't it? Yeah, it didn't look good at all. Uh, You mentioned, though, Sam Hulick, the composer. Interesting to note, Jack Wall did not do a single thing on this soundtrack. And that's unfortunate. I was going to say that. That's something I I looked up as well. Yeah. But uh, I had made a joke before, and I'm going to go ahead. I'm just going to kind of roll with it real quick here. Okay. Um, For a fact, I mentioned your love interest being Joker. Yeah. The Joker makes a really awesome reference in this this, uh, game. Uh, He references a thing called a book, but also a movie, uh, The Hunt for Red October. Okay. All of you ever seen that one? That's a submarine movie with uh, Sean Connery. I have seen it. Okay. Well, he goes, and it's, it's a direct freaking quote for a little while. He goes, stealth drive engaged. Then he goes, the only way they'll detect us is if you start singing the, na- the Russian national anthem. So if, if you've read the book or. I or, remember um, that actually. Movie, yeah. Um, they, they were completely undetectable, but uh, the, the American sub sonar found them because the crew of the sub was singing the Russian national anthem. That's how that's how they found them. I just dude, I remember that. That's crazy that you that you brought that back up. That's funny. Isn't it crazy how so many different pieces of music from the Mass Effect trilogy start kind of similarly? Like the dun, 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 is, dun, like, dun, dun, like the synthwave intro, like they all start very Doctor Who-ish, which they again, really do. It makes sense because it's a Doctor Who's a space story, yeah, and, uh, with 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 strong eighties seventies ties. So, um, yeah, it's. Maybe that's just the cosmic sound they were going for, but they nailed it. They friggin' nailed it. Yeah, it's super freaking cool, and I'm glad. And and we have some excellent picks coming up for Mass Effect 3 as well. Not the strongest game in the trilogy, especially the ending, because they screwed it up. But there's some good music in here as well. Uh, So your boy's going to go back to back on these ones. How do you Three, like that? actually, because right. you had Suicide Mission for Mass Effect 2. So this is the third Frank pick in a row. Back to back to back. Ooh, how do you like that? It's, it's the try back, like Ryback, but with try. Uh, this track is called Rannoch.
And that was Rannoch. Uh That was composed by Brian. That was composed. Rannoch was done by... Where is it on the... Oh, track nine on the official soundtrack. So that was... Chris Valesco and Sasha... Uh, man, Dissisian? D-I-K-I-C-I-Y-A-N. Sasha Dissisian, I think is how you would say that. <laughs> Sasha, you got a hard name. That's a, that is that is a hard last name to pronounce. But yeah, two two individuals that we have not heard yet in the entire trilogy of Mass Effect, and they actually composed together f- seven tracks on this particular soundtrack. That's crazy. I've never heard that name in my life. Yeah, I'm not familiar with Sasha. either of. I'm not too. I, well, I'm heard Sasha. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. But I've, <laughs> I've those two composers. I'm not familiar with at all. No clue. What I'm they've done in the past. Some, uh, between tracks. Uh, so a, a little fun fact. Uh, we mentioned him earlier, the elusive man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was first intended to turn into a Reaper creature in, in uh, Mass Effect 3. But they actually scrapped that because the developers wanted to give the players the satisfaction of fighting someone who they knew rather than just a random creature. And they, they highlight the fact that his greatest weapon would be his intelligence, not his strength. So it was a pretty cool thing they did there. And I'm glad they made that change. Okay, awesome. Um, Sasa Dissisian is known professionally as Sonic Mayhem. He is a German composer. And he did music for, well, he's, he never, he's got a couple soundtracks that he just did by himself, but he more just contributes to other things. Like he contributed to Quake. He contributed to Unreal Tournament. He contributed to uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. He actually worked on that with Tommy Tallarico. He contributed to Splinter Cell Double Agent, a couple other things here and there. So, you know, just random licensed games, Beowulf the Game, John Woo Stranglehold, TMNT, Spy Hunter. Like, he just seems more, like, licensed type stuff. But he also contributed to Borderlands with Jesper Kidd. Um, StarCraft II, Mortal Kombat, which I think, yeah, that's a 2011 reboot. Borderlands 2, Injustice, and his most recent contribution was to... Deus Ex Mankind Divided in 2016. I think you should just go with Sonic Mayhem because your name, buddy. It's it's easier to pronounce for sure. And that's why he goes by Sonic Mayhem. <laughs> Chris Valesco, on the other hand, uh, did music for. Man, he look. he also looks like he just contributes. He nothing really that he has strictly to his name. But his most recent contribution was to Darksiders 3 uh, just last year in November. Also contributed to Resident Evil 7, Overwatch, Bloodborne, Assassin's Creed Unity, uh, StarCraft 2, Injustice, all the Mass Effect 3 DLCs. They seem to be working together on some of these things. Yeah, it seems like those two kind of go hand in hand. Uh, Does not. Yeah, he's not a German composer, but it does say that he currently collaborates with fellow composer Sasha Dissisian. There you go. Uh, Looks like they, they together scored the entire soundtrack for 2009's prototype. So those two did that, that entire good, soundtrack that was a good together. Too. Uh, a good soundtrack. It was okay. One. It was okay, but I, the soundtrack I liked it, was fun. I liked it way more than you did. Um, yeah, you absolutely sure. did. The soundtrack was fun, though. It really was fun. I think, though, that uh, Chris Velasco needs a nickname. With Sonic Mayhem, I'm going to call him Musical Master of... Musical Mystery. Master Musical Master uh, Tales. Magical, magical Mr. Mistopheles. There you go. <laughs> All right, man, let's take a listen to one of my picks from Mass Effect 3. I only have two. No, we don't need to hear any more from you. Yeah, we do. I only have two from Mass Effect 3. You have uh, you picked, what, four tracks from Mass Effect 3. So you definitely went heavy on the old third game in the trilogy. But I like this track right here. 
From Mass Effect 3, this is a future for the Krogan. And that was a future for the Krogan from Mass Effect 3. That track right there was composed by Christopher Lenertz, which Christopher Lenertz, that's a name that a lot of people out there should be familiar with. I know we should be heavily familiar with him because if I'm remembering correctly, he is. He worked on the Medal of Honor games. And we did an entire episode on Medal of Honor games. We're not videoing here. We're just we're chatting. But like, you should see the freaking steam coming out of my ears while I'm trying to think. I'm like, I know that name. <laughs> yeah, I was I had to like I was actually fact checking myself as I was talking. So if I stretched it out there a little bit, that's why. But like I was quickly scrolling through his bibliography to see what he's worked on. And yeah, he did uh, Medal of Honor Rising Sun, Medal of Honor Pacific Assault, Medal of Honor European Assault. I uh, also did From Russia With Love, which I think we also played a track from in our James Bond episode. I think we did. Other than that, oh, and Quantum of Solace, which I know we played a track from, but I don't think we did the one that he actually composed. We had Lernerts all up in this piece. Yeah, but he also did music for two of the DLCs for Mass Effect 2, Overlord and Lair of the Shadow Broker, and Shadow the Shadow Broker DLC is fantastic. But not only that, he was working on Scalebound when it was canceled in 2017. But the rumors are that Nintendo might be potentially bringing that back. So if they do, I wonder if they'll keep him on as the composer for that game or not. And if they do, that'd be pretty cool. 
but I could definitely hear a lot of the similarities to things that he composed specifically with the Medal of Honor stuff in that track right there, a feature for the Krogan, because it is very, again, theatrical, very epic. You have your chanting type vocals and it's just a great piece of music. I wanted to pick this track myself, and I could have, um, but I just I chose not to. So when Brian told me this is the track, I literally said, thank you, Brian. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Uh, there's actually a little Easter egg in the game, too, uh, in regards to the Krogan. Okay. So uh, if Reeved is the Erdnot leader during the mission uh, priority uh, to Chanka, he'll tell Shepard to fight like a Krogan, and that's a reference to the chorus of the Mass Effect fan song called Commander Shepard, which is, which is pretty cool if you ever want to look it up. It's a great fan song. Oh, yeah, that's actually a great track. I think everybody, I think everybody knows that one. Yeah, that's that's one that a lot of people have actually heard. Uh, that's Commander Shepard. That's done by Miracle of Sound, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure. Which is Gavin Dunn, who used to do the theme music for Max Level before we signed on with Dance with the Dead. He's a good man. He's a great man. He does uh, fantastic music. Uh, he Miracle of Sound, he does a lot of, like tribute music uh gavin he does a lot of tribute music to his favorite games and games that he's currently playing you can actually hear him weekly on the podquisition with jim sterling and laura kate dale it's every thursday it's good stuff too i recommend it yeah i listen to that podcast weekly i love that show what next brian is it me yeah yeah it, we're back to you okay back to what the people here came for the frank picks um my next pick again from mass effect 3 is going to be the reaper chase That was the Reaper Chase, composed by Sonic Mayhem. No, I actually don't know. Uh, let me look here. Reaper Chase is track 16 on the official soundtrack. 
That was done by, yes, you're right. It is Chris Valesco and Sasha DeSisithian, which is uh, Sonic Mayhem. I just floated out in the ether. It was right. It just felt epic. And I, I love this song. I was telling Brian, I literally listened to this in the car. Um, I, do, <laughs> I do see, I do put off a very uh, madman vibe listening to these kinds of songs while driving, especially because I, I drop the windows and let these things just kick. But whatever. <laughs> yeah. If people can play their rap songs or their bachata music, I could play epic video game music where I feel like I'm being chased down by the Reapers. What was the other name? The uh, the, the Protheans, right? Yes. Yeah, by the Protheans. But no, it's all about the Reapers. And that is a fantastic song, dude. That is great. And it goes actually, it literally, it, it, it's so far like separation from the track that I played before that, A Future for the Krogan. But realistically, they kind of go hand in hand. They sound somewhat similar. And I like that. You could definitely tell his style is in there. But like, yeah. you know, but but of course it was tailored more to a different situation in the game, which is why you have two starkly, starkly different. Yeah, I can't even speak English today. Two starkly <laughs> different sounding tracks. There you go. You got it out. There you go. There you go. All right. I actually have one more pick left. We have two tracks left on the episode today. I have one pick. You have one pick. And you chose a track that we're going to close out with because it just makes sense to close out with it. You have so, to. Yeah. So we'll listen to my track here as the penultimate pick for this exploration of the trilogy of Mass Effect music from Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. This one right here from Mass Effect 3 is I Was Lost Without You.
And that was I Was Lost Without You from Mass Effect 3, which was composed by Sam Hewlett. So it's kind of nice that before we close out, we're getting to listen to another composition from Sam Hewlett because he did so much, not only for Mass Effect 3, but the entirety of the Mass Effect trilogy. Him and Jack Wall really are the two that are most associated with the music of the Mass Effect original trilogy. So kind of cool that we got to hear that, but also kind of cool that we had a nice little piano piece, a, a very emotional piece as well, particularly when this happens. And, you know, I, I will avoid story spoilers in case you do want to go back and play these if you never have. But it is an emotional time in the game when this particular track kicks in. And I love about a minute and 45 seconds in when it just really it, it just gets really, really good at that point. And I like that a lot. This is when everyone dies, right? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding, it's I'm not kidding. when everyone dies. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But remember, people can die off and on throughout the game because your choices do matter. So if everyone dies at one spot for you, that might not be the case for everybody else. It's true. You could choose a ready guide in some celestial voice. If you choose not to decide, you still have me. What was that? That was Rush. Oh. <laughs> not a huge fan of Rush. Not not one of my not one of my favorite rock bands out there. My Canadian fans roast them for this. How dare you, Brian? Yeah, I'm just not a huge Rush fan. But speaking okay. of Canadian bands, right? That's where I was working my way into. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, Brian. Uh, yeah, so for my last track, um, we have Das Malafites by the Canadian band Fonts. Yeah. Um, das Malafites roughly translates from the German into immoral action, which okay, uh, that makes sense. Definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like Brian absolutely. Says your, your decisions matter. And uh, well, they were supposed to matter. It's an immoral decision because your choices don't actually matter. And your choice, you know, some of your choices can make a real monster out of you. So uh, maybe in real life. But in the game, it comes down to, as you've heard me talk about before on the show, are you choosing the red color, the blue color, or the green color? That's it. That's all the choice you have at the end of the game. Everything you've done in the entire Mass Effect trilogy leads up to choosing a color to dictate the ending that you get in the game. How sad is that, man? Like the game, and that's I blame that's EA how, for that's that. How, that's how life is in general, though. Yeah, not really. I blame EA because they they made them rush this out. They it wasn't ready. They didn't have the ending in place. Now that when you go back and play it, uh, if you choose to do so, the ending has been fixed. It took them like I want to say close to a year to patch in like the new ending that's there now and the new choices that are there. But when the game came out, and that's why the big controversy surrounding Mass Effect 3, it was blue, green, and red. Now, at least there is more there. If you do go back and play it, you'll actually get a decent ending. They added There's a ton of scenes. Yellow. There's not yellow. No, I'm, jo- I'm joking, right? They, uh, they added scenes to the end of the game for all three choices and other things that happen now to where it at least makes it a little bit better, but it's still overall it's the, disappointing. It's the satisfying payoff that you get, you know, because especially if you played one and two, you, you know, everything carried along, which is like, this is the first game to actually do that to my knowledge. Yeah, it was the first major. It, it, this was before the Telltale style of games. So I know Telltale was out there making games before this, but really those kind of games got popular from Telltale with The Walking Dead Season 1. This released, Mass Effect 1 and 2 at least, released before Season 1 of The Walking Dead. I think maybe even 3 did as well. I can't remember what year uh, Season 1 of The Walking Dead came out. It may have been 2013 or 2014, and this was 2012. 
Like, I would love it if my Legend of Zelda choices carried over, you know, but they don't. Uh, and they, well, maybe they will with Breath of the Wild too. Or do they? Bah, bah, bah. There wasn't really any choices that we made in the first Breath of the Wild, though. Maybe, like, items can carry over or something like that, but I don't think any choices will because there really isn't any I choices. I really hope so, because I don't want to collect all those Korok seeds again. I don't think the Koroks are going to be there again, to be honest. I mean, why would they be? Technically, we it's the same world. We've already collected them once. Did we magically lose all 900 of them and we have to collect them again? Vaunt, <laughs> uh, though, as a band, they contributed to, if I'm not mistaken, all three Mass Effect games. I think they did the end credits music for all three of the games. I know I know for sure they did two and three. I don't know about one, but I know for sure okay. two and three. Okay, well, then maybe that's what I saw, but I know for sure I saw them previously when we were looking at things for the other Mass Effect games. Maybe it was just two and three, but there, there's, there's a possibility they also contributed to the first soundtrack as well. But this is a great track, though. I really like it. We're hearing the synthesizer come back again, and it's just it's, it's a good way to close out the episode. It's the end credit. It's the end credits music for the original trilogy so how could this not close out the episode but that was fun that was fun that was a great look into the original trilogy of mass effect we played a lot of fun music a lot of good music but unfortunately i think that's going to bring us to the close of the show today unless you have anything else you want to discuss before we get on out of here brian i think we said it all all right well that is going to do it for this week we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of bg mania made possible by leveldowngames.com don't forget to submit tracks, ideas, and requests for future episodes to bgmania at leveldowngames.com. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash leveldowngames and subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv forward slash leveldowngames and click that follow button. We are not live often. I say this all the time. If we ever do go live, it's usually on YouTube. If you want to follow someone that is live often on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce. That's B-R-U-C-E underscore D-E-D-E-U-C-E. Check him out every Tuesday, every Thursday, and every Saturday or Sunday, streaming a multitude of games from Overwatch to Dead by Daylight to Rocket League to my friend Pedro, and more recently and probably the entire month of July, Super Mario Maker 2. So check it out. It's Kyle from the Maxwell podcast and from leveldowngames.com. Good friend of ours. Works with us. It's fun. He's a good guy. Check him out. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook will be the place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. Next week, I am so excited to do this episode next week because we are going to be exploring the newly released music in Super Mario Maker 2. I know a lot of you out there are playing this game just like we are here at Level Down Games. Myself, Frank, and Kyle are all neck deep into Mario Maker levels. We are making levels. We're playing created levels. We've all finished the story mode by now, but we're just having a lot of fun playing Mario Maker 2, and really the music is incredible. So what we're going to do next week, we are going to focus on the music that was newly created for Super Mario Maker 2, which will include a couple new tracks from Koji Kondo. So we're going to compare the soundtracks from Mario Maker 2 to Mario Maker 1, find the new music and make an episode out of that. It'll still be 16 tracks, so we will limit it to just 16, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you're ready for that. I cannot wait. Let's do it right now. Let's record it. Uh, well, 
No, but we will have to record our two-year anniversary episode, which is coming up soon. Again, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, if you want to submit tracks to that as well, bgmania.levodongames.com. Frank and I, as I mentioned, will be recording that episode sometime in the next week and a half. So please, please, please get your submissions in if you want a track played during our two-year anniversary episode. But next week, it's Super Mario Maker 2. Taking us out of this episode once again, we have Das Malefiz from Fonts, which is from Mass Effect 3. It's the end credits music. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.